Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Olivia Rhodes is a speech-language pathologist with a pediatric private practice in Michigan. She is a former school SLP who started her private practice so that she could provide services that are aligned with her clinical values. She loves working with children and following their lead. In fact, at her practice, they don't even have tables. Everything takes place on the floor, and she, her clients, and her growing team love it that way. Olivia went all in on her private practice and is growing quickly. I got to know Olivia when she was in my Grow Your Private Practice program. Grow is our six-month, higher-level program that helps growth-focused private practitioners learn how to hire both clinical and non-clinical team members, grow your client base, develop systems, and help you step into the CEO role. And it was so much fun to watch Olivia's practice grow from just her to her first couple of hires during a relatively short period of time. In this episode, we talk about what went into her decision to grow her private practice, how she differentiates herself from other practices in her area, and who her first hire was, and why she also recommends that other growth-focused private practitioners start with this role too. Olivia also shares about her experience in the Grow Your Private Practice program. So if you're planning to grow your private practice now or in the future, or if you want to hear a firsthand account of someone who is in our GROW program, this is a must-listen episode, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system, and I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? My name is Olivia Rhodes. I'm in Farmington, Michigan. I live there and also own my private practice there. My practice is called Play a While Speech Language Therapy and More. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and get to know you. I've gotten to know you pretty well over the last, you know, little while here, but I really want our audience to hear about your story in terms of how you got started and then also how you've grown your private practice. Cause that's been a pretty cool thing for me to watch unfold. 
But before we talk about how you've grown it, can we go back to the beginning and can you share a little bit about like either how you got started in the field or what some of your early job or jobs were that kind of led you toward private practice? For sure. I guess at the beginning of college, I knew I wanted to work with kids and I was all enrolled in a teacher preparation program, but it wasn't sitting right with me. And I just by chance encounter at a public swimming pool one day, this lady was telling me about how a speech pathologist had changed her grandson's life and how he couldn't say any words and then had an assistive technology device and eventually became a verbal communicator. And that sounded awesome. So I looked into it a little bit more and like maybe the next day, I actually dropped out of the university that I was originally going to go to because they didn't have a speech pathology program. And I walked into Eastern Michigan University and said, hey, I want to go here and I want to major in speech language pathology. And I'm so glad I just like followed my heart there and took the leap of faith because I truly feel like I'm in the right profession for me. Isn't it amazing when those kind of like life changing things happen, right? Either like the light bulb moments or the chance conversations, right? And that's so incredible. Imagine like a totally different version of you going off the other direction, right? But like, you're right. Thank goodness that you ended up doing what you're doing now. Yeah, I'm so happy. So yeah, after that, I went to grad school also at Eastern Michigan and graduated and started working mostly in public schools. And the bulk of my experience has been working with autistic clients who use AAC. And I really, really loved my job at the public school. My colleagues were great. The students were great. Everything was wonderful, except, of course, the paperwork and the high caseloads and just a lot of the red tape that is associated with serving clients in the public school. Yeah. And that's what I hear like overwhelmingly, right? Like people like pretty much like their coworkers for the most part, right? Pretty much love, you know, the the kids, right? Or the patients, like the adults that they see, but it becomes like all of the other stuff that isn't part of kind of what you thought you were going to get into when you signed up for this field, right? It's like the paperwork, right? And like all the meetings that don't matter, right? All that kind of stuff really starts to drag on people. And it sounds like that's kind of what started happening to you too, huh? Indeed. Yes. But overall, I liked my job. So I wasn't really considering making a change until that initial COVID shutdown where everybody got to do a little bit of soul searching. <laughs> you know, we were fortunate in my family to not have any major interruptions health-wise or anything like that. So we really just were together and enjoying our time together, which really prompted me to, to want a little bit more of that. Even though I loved the job that I was in, it wasn't the job that I wanted to be in forever. Yeah. And that happens too, right? Like, just like you said about the soul searching, I think we're all kind of in this period where we're like thinking about what are we willing to go back to, right? And what are we not willing to go back to? And I think for a lot of us, especially people who are parents, right? It's like, oh, we really liked spending time with our family again, for the most part. And so it's like, (laughs) you know, we want to be able to have more of that, right? You're kind of like, what do I want more of? So that's awesome that that kind of helped shaped your decision. Yeah, when uh, when the school year started back up and we were kind of on and off virtual and in person and all the rules were changing every day and there were so many emails, I just decided to take a leave of absence from the school district. And at that time, I came across your podcast <laughs> and joined a bunch of your Facebook groups and ended up going all in on my private practice from the get-go. 
I love that. Right. Cause I'm sure some people are listening and they're like, Oh, I don't know if that sounds like for me, right. I kind of want to do the part-time thing, but for those of you who are listening her like, no, like I want to do just what she did, right? Like I'm tired of my job. I'm tired of the setting. I want to go all in. So let's really talk about how you decided to do that and what you did after you made that decision. I am of course privileged in the fact that I could do this, right? My husband was supportive, my parents and his mom provide free childcare for us. So we crunched the numbers and decided that, okay, we can we can try this. I was also lucky that there was a stipulation in my contract at the school district that said you can take a leave of absence for any reason, including to explore other career opportunities. You know, I knew my job was safe if it didn't work out. So I think that gave me the courage to, to, to just give it a try. And leading up to the time that I saw my first client, I spent a lot of time just kind of thinking about what I wanted my practice to look like, how it would be the same and how it would be different from how I had practiced in the past and really developing what I found to be my core values as a speech language pathologist and how I want to serve the clients that I serve. That is so important too, right? It's like, you know, that in the start program, we call that the picture phase where you're really picturing what you want your private practice to look like. And then I really like how you just touched on the idea of values, right? Because we all have individual values, you know, as you know, whatever your beliefs are and whatnot, but also like as a clinician, like your clinical values, right? And that's, I think, a big reason why people pursue private practices because their own clinical values or even personal values, like they're not able to have that like at their school or hospital or whatever. And it feels like it's in conflict, right? So a lot of people do start private practices so that they can be, you know, living and working within their values. So that's awesome. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. So I found truly when I kind of pictured, like you said, how I wanted my practice to look and how I had been practicing the parts that I really, really liked that I was already doing. I sort of developed a loose framework for the play-based therapy that I do every day now. And and I started a blog. I put a few posts on there and a, a website. And I just posted to my personal Facebook page hi, I'm starting a private practice. So if if you know anyone who needs a speech language pathologist, let me know. And that's how I got my first client. I love it. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. It takes a little bit of guts to put yourself out there, right? But when you do, I think you surprise yourself, you surprise others and like good things happen, right? Mm -hmm. I was so nervous to make that initial post, but you know, I'm not super active on Facebook, but like the positive energy that I got from comments and likes and hearts and everything else, it was affirming for the choice that I was making for sure. I love that. I love that. Okay. So what happened next? So I did in-home visits for probably about nine months. My caseload grew fast. I started off with just that one kid that I got from friend of a friend. And that was March, 2021 when I saw my first client. And then by August, I was completely full and had a waiting list. So I then had to decide how or if I wanted to grow my private practice. And I decided that, yes, I did want to grow my private practice, but I wasn't sure how, which is when you came to the rescue again. And I joined the Grow Your Private Practice group, which was, uh, it was just so great to have a community to rely on during this messy middle phase. Yes. And that's like exactly 
what that program is geared for, right? It's for people who have made the decision, yes, I want to grow, right? Because there's lots of people who are totally comfortable having their private practices, you know, part-time or small or whatever. And that's awesome, right? Like good for that group, right? But for the people who want to hire, want to grow, want to see more clients, like that's a whole different level of support and information and whatnot. And if anyone thinks that there's not a lot of information out there about starting a private practice, (laughs) there's even less information and support about growing a private practice, which is kind of why we created this next level program, which Olivia was a part of and was awesome in, right? So you made that decision to grow. What went into that decision? Actually, let's start with that. Like, was it just that you had a full wait list and you knew that you needed to do something or tell us more about that decision? So that was part of it. But I think in general, I was thinking back to that initial planning and picturing phase that I had done previously. And when I was doing that planning and picturing, I really did see myself in a space and with other therapists and being able to offer services to families and a community feeling for families who need it. When I thought about that picture, that's kind of what pushed me to enter that growing phase. With the help of the GROW program and just that dreaming that I was doing, I went ahead and found a small space about four minutes from my house. (laughs) It's perfect for now. It's just a one-room space and, you know, we're kind of growing out of it at this point. So soon enough, we will need a bigger one, but I got a, a little clinic and a couple months later, I hired a virtual assistant who also lives in my town and her son actually comes into the clinic for occasional sessions. And now I have also two contract SLPs and an OT. Y'all. So what was the timeline <laughs> on that? Because I'm pretty sure when you joined the GROW program, which is a six month program, it was just you, right? It and was. so over the course of the six months, right? Tell everyone who you hired within six months. So everybody I've hired has been in the last six months, actually. Um, So we're in June 2022 right now. I brought my virtual assistant on in late February. And then my first contract SLP in late March-ish. And then my second contract SLP is starting now, right at the end of the school year to take on that kind of burst of interest we've had for summer carryover services. And the OT just sees two clients right now, but isn't really looking to grow her caseload too much. But so all of this has happened just in the last few months. Yeah. So that that's pretty substantial growth, right? And so that's one of those things that like can happen, right? Like right now we're in a period where there's lots of people who've been going without services or stuck on wait lists or kind of doing the wait and see approach. And now it's time to see somebody, right? And so this is kind of what is happening right now in the private practice world is there's a lot of people who are growing their practices who are like really growing them pretty quickly, right? And that's exactly where you fall under. Tell everyone who's listening a little bit more about the services that you provide through your private practice. Yes. So most of our clients are in the early childhood range. Our youngest is about 16 months and we do see some elementary age kids, but I would say about 80% are 
under five and I love it that way. They are so cute. I don't even have a table in my office. We are on the floor playing all day long. We take a child-led approach to play-based speech and language therapy, which I find to just be really so rewarding for me. And it's really nice for the parents to come in and observe that too, to see how supporting their child doesn't have to be a battle or something that they plan for. It can really just be entering in at their level and honoring them for who they are and supporting them as they grow and learn. I'm going to say that's a way that you have differentiated yourself from other practices, right? Because what I know about Michigan, for for whatever reason, Michigan seems to have a lot of private practices, right? And I don't know about the, the particular area of Michigan that you're in, but like there's a lot of people in my START program who are in Michigan, right? including two of the mentors, uh, shout out to Claudia and Tommy. But it's really kind of interesting how when you have a private practice, especially one that you're looking to grow, how you really have to think about how are you going to stand out from other private practices so that when parents are looking for, you know, where to sign up their child for services, they're kind of making those decisions. So I love, again, remember in the beginning, you talked about your values, right? So clearly being play-based and child-led is like part of your values. And I would imagine, and I know I've been to your website and I know that your website is awesome and it really lays out all of this too, but that would be a big deciding factor for parents who like want that style of therapy versus people who might be, you know, looking for a table, like where's the table, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, yes. So I've been very careful about developing that image for my practice and making sure that the people I'm taking on to the team are aligned with those values also, because yes, that is a way that I differentiate myself from, I don't like the word competition because as you always say, there are plenty of clients to go around and the right clients will always find the right therapist, but to make sure people know what they're getting into when they come to play a while. I really love that. So listeners kind of be thinking about that, right? Like think about your values, think about what your clinical skills are, what the, and if you're working in a school or a hospital where you're not able to do the kind of work that you want to do with clients, like private practice gives you that opportunity to work in the way that, you know, is most rewarding to you is best for the clients that you're serving, right? So it's pretty cool once you can take those liberties or make those decisions about the care that you're providing for your clients. Yeah, it is. It's so rewarding. And right now I am really loving the freedom to do what I know is best for my clients without anybody telling me otherwise. So at this point in time, we are still private pay, although I'm thinking about maybe accepting insurance it's a hard sell for me though, because I do, I do really like the autonomy and knowing that my clients are receiving the best quality care without any strings attached. Absolutely. I love that. And again, that's another decision that you get to make and that you can continue <laughs> to reevaluate, right. And make possibly at some point a different decision, right. But that's again, one of the beauties of private practice is that you're the one who gets to make that decision for you, for your clinic, and for your clients. So I think that's awesome. What is your kind of growth plan, right? So now you have a good mix of people working for you, right? And some of them have just started, right? But where where do you kind of see yourself in the next, let's say, six months? So my next big goal is to be able to 
hire employees instead of contractors. I would really like to take an even more cohesive approach to the services that we're offering to our clients. And I think in order to do that and to almost establish ourselves as an approach to therapy, it really needs to be an employee-based system. That's maybe not the six-month goal, but definitely the 12-month goal would be to make that transition. In order to do that, I will need a bigger clinic space (laughs) so that these therapists have a place to work. And I've already started and hope to continue over the summer and beyond to really kind of delve into the literature and also listen to the voices that matter, meaning the clients we serve, about why this thing called play-based therapy is so valuable and impactful. And it it comes with so much growth for our clients and maybe write a book or workshop or (laughs) a program, something like that to share this play a while approach that I've been brainstorming. Oh my gosh. I love that so much, right? Like that would be such a great way for you to increase the impact that you're having even more, right? Cause like right now you have this really awesome local impact for, you know, the kids that you're seeing, right? But when you create materials or trainings or workshops or that kind of thing, you're able to spread that impact even further. And whether it's, you know, parents that you're impacting or other professionals, it really is a cool way to grow your private practice, but kind of in a non-traditional way. I'm super supportive of you doing that. (laughs) I think that therapists are really hungry for more information about like how to be better clinicians, right? And so like, this is, sounds like such an awesome approach for the kids, right? And like, I'm sure that the parents love it as well. And so I think that's a, it's a great thing for you to be thinking about doing. Thank you. I love that. What would you say is like a lesson learned over the last six months or even a year that you would do something differently, right? Is there something that you did that you're like, you know what, looking back on it, I wish I had done blank in terms of either starting or growing your practice? I think that I probably would have hired my virtual assistant sooner (laughs) because I am more of the type B slash type C, if there is one SLP in that the organizational side is not my strength. So um, taking her on was life-changing in terms of my stress levels. I'm able to focus on what matters to me now. So hire that VA uh, as soon as possible. It's really worth it. I'm also like the type B, sometimes C. Every now and then I can really kind of be a little type A, but not very often. I will say that for anyone listening who's like, wait, a virtual assistant? Like, what does that even mean, right? And your person is sort of also local, right? But it's a really great way for efficiency, right? Like what you can do is you can hire someone either again, locally or not locally, virtually to really help you run the day-to-day operations of your clinic, right? So like to send invoices or to follow up on invoices, like to do scheduling, to, you know, do all kinds of things, billing, right? For your practice, right? For those of you who do take insurance, you can have them do like the phone calls, for insurance verification versus you doing it, right? A lot of the tasks that happen in your private practice, they have to get done, but they don't have to get done by you. And there's a point 
where if you are the one who continues to do all of the calls and the invoices and the scheduling and all that kind of stuff, that's really taking you away from being able to do the treating, right? And being able to do the income generating aspects of your practice. So if you're listening and you're like feeling like you're dropping the ball, whether you're type A or type B, right? You feel like you're dropping the ball, hiring a virtual assistant or or even a local assistant could be something that would be great for you. And just like Olivia said, like that she wishes she had done it sooner. That's what I hear all the time, right? And that's why in the GROW program, we do have a lot of people who are hiring assistants to really help them get out of the weeds, right? And like, we hear about wearing all the hats. Like at some point, you really have to start taking off those hats and delegating it to somebody else. And so a a virtual assistant is the perfect person to hire to do that just posted on my local mom's page and I got tons of responses and the woman I ended up hiring has an MBA and is like this incredibly business-minded person. And so she's just been so valuable in just helping me not only with the day-to-day tasks that she does, like answering phone calls, but really helping me think in a new way about growing my business too. I love that. Okay, cool. So that was definitely a good lesson, right? To hire that support like earlier in your business than you thought. One of the things that I wanted to share, and I'm going to possibly butcher this a little bit, but do you remember when in, in the Grow Your Private Practice group that you posted a haiku? Not off the top of my head. Do you have it? Well, I say it with some frequency. So I think you know, the thing with haikus, right? It's like a certain number of of syllables and whatnot. So, so for any of you who are really into haikus, it may not be exact, but it was something like making more money, only working when I want more fun, less stress win. And all of that is true. I am making more money now than I did seven years into my school SLP career. And I've only been in private practice for one year. And what about the more fun, less stress? Yes. I think I mentioned that I sit on the floor and play all day. So it's definitely more fun. And I, there are many nights when I leave my laptop on my desk at my office and just come home and I'm with my family. I don't work at home anymore. It's a lot less stress. I love that, right? Like you have that balance, right? To be able to like not bring that work home with you, that is worth everything, right? Yes, it truly is. I love that. I love that for you, right? And listeners, I would love that for you too, right? I would love for all of us. That's one of the reasons why I do this, right? Is just to try to help people get out of situations that aren't serving them, right? So that you can serve other people in the way that you want to and really live the life that you've imagined. And Olivia, you are such a great example of someone who like joined one of my programs did the work, right? Like you showed up for the calls, you went through the modules, you probably printed everything out. Like you showed (laughs) up, you took advantage of like the programs, right? And I think that that's the thing that as a creator, I just love seeing, right? Is like the people who who come in, they do the work, they get the value out of it. And like, y'all, I can't tell you how many times Olivia posted things that I was like, yes, like it just made my, my heart sing, right? To see some of the things that you were posting that you were able to accomplish in such a short period of time. Well, thank you. And I I know you don't necessarily do these podcasts to sell your programs, but I just want to give a shout out that even if it sounds expensive right off the bat at this point, it has paid for itself several times over in my private practice. 
it was well worth the money. Well, thank you. On that, can we just delve into that for one second? This idea of like investing in yourself. That's a thing that I feel like SLPs kind of have a hard time with sometimes. And especially when it's time to grow your practice, that's really a time where you really have to kind of shift your mindset between thinking of things as expenses and thinking of things as investments, right? So we just mentioned my programs as one of those kind of things that's that's an investment. What are some other kinds of either mindset shifts around like investing in yourself or that kind of thing that you have done like over the past couple of months? I think something huge that I also credit your program and some of the reading that we did through your program is investing in more like protecting my own time. That was a huge mindset shift that I've had in the last few months since reading Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt with your program. I am a big defender of my time now, my personal time, my alone time, my my lunch time. Now I'm uh, my paperwork time, all of this, the non-clinical time. Like this is something that I never protected before. And now I honor it with just as much care as I do my time in front of my clients or with my own family, because I deserve it. It is investing. It, it's an investment in my mental health and ultimately the success of my relationships and uh, my practice. Yes, a hundred percent. And I think that's the perfect place that people get to, right? Either you get to that point or you don't, right? Like, and if you don't, if you stay in that like busy work martyr kind of like philosophy, it just is going to get harder, right? Like the people, and sometimes people are so used to working like crazy in their normal jobs that when they transition to private practice, they're just still trying to like keep up with that pace not really realizing that you can create your own set of rules, right? In your own like philosophies on on time and self-care and all that kind of other stuff. So like, you know, earlier in the interview, when you talked about like not bringing your laptop home, that's like a conscious decision that you made to make sure that you were making sure you're preserving that balance and preserving that time. I love that. Yes. So even though it's not a monetary investment, it's an investment for sure in a mindset shift in uh, in my life. Like I went to a concert at lunchtime today <laughs> in my local town. <laughs> That's just the life that I'm lucky enough to lead now with private practice. Yeah. I love that. And most people are like, you know, eating a granola bar, like on the way from like the bathroom to their next meeting or something like that. That's their lunch, right? The concert was like maybe hearing the kids in the, in the music room or something while you were like darting to the next thing, right? Yes. For your listeners who are thinking of starting and or growing or jumping all in to their private practice, I would encourage them to give it a try. I love it. Well, y'all, Olivia has been, like I said, just a shining example of someone who made a decision, decided to go all in, decided to do this, and has then made subsequently other decisions like hiring a virtual assistant, like leaving her laptop at home at night. All of these other decisions that you have made have contributed to this growth. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for being a part of the Grow Your Private Practice program. Again, it's been so much fun to watch you grow really over the last six months. And I'm so excited to see what happens next, right? Promise that you'll keep in touch and share what you're doing like in the future, because I can't wait to see what it is. Promise. Thanks for having me, Jenna.
Don't you just love Olivia? I love her energy, her commitment to her values, and how she's built a private practice that allows her to earn more, work less, and have more fun. She is the true embodiment of folks in the Grow Your Private Practice program. She knew she wanted to grow. She wasn't sure who or how to hire. And she knew that investing in a solution to support her would offer a great return on her investment. So that's when she joined the program and took full advantage of all we have to offer. In my experience as a private practice consultant, successful private practices don't grow themselves. A lot of growth-focused SLP and OT private practitioners find themselves completely overwhelmed and stuck in the messy middle of business growth. Some have too many clients and need to hire ASAP. That was the position that Olivia was in. Others want to grow, but are struggling to have enough clients to grow their revenue and profitability. If you think there isn't enough information out there about starting private practices, there's significantly less information and support when it comes to growing private practices, which is why we created the Grow Your Private Practice program. One of the things that Olivia mentioned in the interview was her virtual assistant. That is one very common early hire for our GROW members, and we support them through the process. Olivia was such a warm and supportive member of the GROW community. When you're in growth mode, being around other private practitioners who are either at the same level or further along than you are in your private practice journey is imperative to your growth. To learn more about the program, please visit growyourprivatepractice.com. To learn more about how we can help you grow your client base, hire a terrific team, set up systems, and truly step into the CEO role just like Olivia has. As always, thank you for listening and come back next week for more tips, tricks, and success stories about how you can start, grow, or scale your private practice. See you then. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.